Our God is bringing us hope and joy and eternity and pain gone and peace forever. May we worship and celebrate that God with all we've got, nothing held back. Man, well, it's great to be here worshiping with you. It's great to be celebrating. Man, we make much of Jesus Christ. It is all about him. And all of God's people said, Dude, don't miss it. Don't get distracted by it. Don't let the world talk you away from it. It is all about Jesus Christ. And we're in a series here called Abide. In fact, we're closing it down today. I can't even believe I'm saying those words, but we're already coming to the close on this series of Abide. And we've been talking through the follow me commands. The follow me commands that are in the Gospel of John, he recorded seven follow me's, very appropriate, right? And today we're actually going to be covering the last two. Both of them kind of delivered out to Peter and a specific call to him, a call to recognize and understand that we have a privilege of being saved. We have an honor in being able to represent him. We have a joy in being able to celebrate the God of the universe. And so today we're going to be looking at what it is to follow and what it is to know Jesus Christ is in charge. The call for us is to feed his sheep, to be a part of his ministry. May God get all the glory. So turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 21, starting in verse 15. John 21, starting in verse 15. And as we get going here, point number one, follow the shepherd who sacrificed his life for his sheep. Follow the shepherd who sacrificed his life for his sheep. Jesus Christ, he laid it on the line. He died on the cross. He rose again. He offered up for all of those there. Just so you know, I am bringing salvation rich and free. I am covering your sin. I am paying for death that is owed. Come with me, Jesus, the shepherd almighty. And we're called to follow him. As we pick it up here in this context, remember it's always good to know where you're at when you're jumping in, right? So John chapter 21 here, this is Jesus who's going to be spending some time with the disciples. He's already been crucified, if you remember the last couple of weeks, right? He's already had this celebration about who he was, a complete misunderstanding saying he's just going to be king. But actually he was first going to be lamb. He had died on the cross he had risen again. There was people completely confused that whole weekend, not sure what was going on. In the midst of him dying on the cross, even the disciples started backing up, not knowing. In fact, Peter himself denying that he was with Jesus. There was a point when Jesus was being mocked and scorned and getting ready to be taken to the cross that there were those standing around who looked at Peter and said, hey, you're one of them. You're one of the disciples who's with him. And he's like, no, not me, not me, I'm, you've got the wrong guy, and, and he starts to back up three times over, and then right after it, the rooster crowed, exactly what Jesus had been talking about would come to bear. Peter had denied Christ three times, don't forget that, it's going to come big in today's passage. Peter denied that he knew Jesus three times over. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, you can imagine the joy of the disciples, the celebration that was going on, the confusion in some of it. And in fact, some of the disciples had decided to go back up to the Sea of Galilee. They were up north, away from Jerusalem, up around the Sea of Galilee, and they went back to doing what they had done before. They went back to fishing. 
They went back to, they were kind of professional fishermen, if you will. And they went back to doing what they know. And so they went out and they fished all night and they hadn't caught a thing. And then all of a sudden, somebody showed up on the shoreline and said to him, throw the net on the other side. Can you imagine what you would feel like? You're a professional fisherman. You've done this for a living, for a life. You know exactly what's going on. You're like, it's not working today. Like, throw it on the other side. For whatever reason, they had this sense of just go ahead and do it. So they threw to the other side, and all of a sudden, fish galore start coming in. There's this massive response in the middle of it. They come, all of a sudden, they recognize it's Jesus. They're running towards Jesus on the shore. He ends up having a breakfast there for them, and they're grilling out on the beachfront, laughing together, talking together, sharing together. And then we pick it up right after the breakfast with this passage. So here we go, starting in verse 15. It says, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Let's hold right there. So Jesus now talking specifically with Peter, one who would be a leader in the early church. And he says, uh, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Just so you know, this is a really big moment. So Jesus is talking to Peter and he ends up going back to kind of his old name, Simon, son of John. So he's backing up the truck and he's restarting. He's calling Peter forward, and he's going to make sure he's with him. He says, Simon, son of John, like his name was Simon, and his dad's name was John. So Simon, son of John, that's who he was known as. And so Jesus uses his original name, not Peter. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Love. This word here that he used is the word agape. It means, do you have a sacrificial, lay it on the line, care for me? Are you willing to place me first sacrificially in a huge way? This is a word for love that talks about how much it costs in the middle of it. He says, do you love me more than these? More than these. And there's a lot of talk about what that word means, more than these. And uh, nobody's quite exactly sure. Some will say more than these, like the other 11 that are out. Like more than these. These other guys, do you love them more than the other people love them? Is it a measure of comparison? Your love is bigger than theirs. If you remember last week, Peter was talking to Jesus and he said, look, I'm with you. I don't know about those guys, but I'm with you. He's like, do you love me more than these? Maybe that's what he's talking about. He's actually bringing him into a kind of a balance with the other disciples, maybe. Or maybe he's talking about everything that he had gone back to. He'd gone back to fishing, the boats, the early mornings, all of that stuff. Do you love me more than these? Like all of the other distractions, all of the other life callings. 
And maybe it's that too. Either way, Jesus is like, are you all in with me? Are you in along the way? And uh, Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So Jesus says, do you uh, agape me, sacrificial love? Peter says, yes, I, and he uses a different word for love. He uses the word phileo. It means I care for you. I have a brotherly love for you. Now, before we go too far into that and we start trying to make them sound really different, they are both words for love. And we're going to see John address that in just a second. They both are words for love, but the one focuses on the sacrifice, which remember, Peter just completely failed at, right? And so Jesus is like, are you ready to sacrifice for me? And he's like, boy, if I say that again, like that's what I just said. I just said it a few days ago. I was like, yeah, I'm all in for you. And then I backed it up. So I'll say this. I have a deep, warm, unbelievable, brotherly care and compassion for you. I love you. And there is this warmth and care for you. Maybe another way to say it is, yeah, I kind of failed at that commit thing. But I'm telling you, I love you deeply. And I'm with you. He's like, yeah, I... I know, you know that I love you. You know that I have this brotherly love for you. Jesus said to him, well, then feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. So Jesus is using a metaphor here. My lambs, he's talking about those who are following Jesus, those who believe in Jesus, those who are going to be the church. He's like, feed them. Make sure that they're growing. Don't walk away from the calling to Jesus Christ. Hang with these people. Grow them. He's like, take part in being a part of the key leads in the church. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Almost the same question. Notice he dropped the words more than these. So he uses the same name, Simon, son of John, And he says, do you agape me? Do you have this deep sacrificial love? Okay, you've talked about the warmth and the feelings and the care. Are you coming across to massive sacrificial love? Are you sacrificially loving me? Are you there with me? Notice he drops the words more than these. He's not comparing it. He's just asking if he's in. Peter says to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he actually says the word phileo again. He's like, do you sacrificially love me? Lord, you know I care for you with all I have. Have you ever noticed when you're talking to somebody and you say words to them, and instead of them saying yes, they give you a sentence back that they're kind of moving around whatever you're asking? Have you ever noticed that? Is this just me? Have you ever noticed that? As you're talking to somebody and you're like, hey, if you put the toast in the oven, have you done that? And they're like, well, you know, I went and I got the bread out of the, you're like, yes or no? Did did you do it or not, right? Like, is it covered or not? And he's like, do you agape me? Lord, you know that I have this deep, passionate care for you. You know that I, right? Jesus says to him, well, tend my sheep. Remember, he says, feed my sheep. And that's talking about helping them to grow, tend, like protect, provide for them, care for them, grow the flock in number. A massive moment of calling as he's called to be a leader in the early church. And then 
Jesus says to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? This time he uses the word phileo. This time he says, do you have a deep brotherly care for me? Are you in with me in that regard? Peter was grieved. Can you imagine? He's like, do you love me? I phileo. Do you love me? I phileo. Do you love, do you phileo me? Like, are you really there? Notice how many times has he asked the question about love? Go ahead and say it out loud. How many times? Three. Three which is the number of times he had denied Jesus. This is Jesus saying, look, I'm calling you into ministry. Listen, I'm calling you to come after me. And the three denials don't matter. I'm calling you through it. And we're gonna do something amazing. Feed my sheep, tend my sheep. And then he says, the Lord answered in the midst of it and said, do you love me? Peter was grieved because He said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. I love this moment. Peter is beginning to give a theology about Jesus Christ. This is a Christology. You know everything. You are God Almighty. Like you are the Messiah Savior and God of the universe and I am in with you. You know everything. And you know my heart. You know that I love you. And he probably is thinking inside, and you know how messed up I am too. You know where I'm at. And Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. Be a part of calling those who are with me to higher ground. Feed my sheep. He says, truly, truly, I say to you. He's like, get ready. Like, this is the fact. Here it comes. Get ready to care and lead, truly, truly. And then this is what he says. When you were young, you used to dress yourself and to walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Now, for many of us, we hear this, you will stretch out your hands and you will get dressed and they will take you where you don't want to go. And quite frankly, you might be thinking it's like a nursing home. Like, oh, didn't want to get dressed in that. Getting wheeled down the hallway. Didn't want to be there. And just so you know, that's not what he's talking about. Everybody say not. In fact, just so you know, in the original cultural language, the idiom of stretching out your hands was another way of politely saying that you were going to be crucified. It was a little bit like today when we have the word die, which is a very harsh word. I don't even like saying it, quite frankly, with funerals and all that. I try to avoid that word, and we use a different word, passed away, right? It's trying to find a softer language for what's going on, and he's like, you're going to stretch out your arms, and all the other disciples were like, whoa, man, he was just told he's going to be crucified. He was just told he's going to absolutely have to lay it on the line. He said, you will stretch out your hands and they will carry you where you do not want to go. It is going to be a massive sacrifice. And then it says, just to be clear, I love how John is like, in case you don't know the Jewish culture, he says, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. He's like, he's making it clear that this is a sacrifice through going to the cross and he's doing it to glorify God as he lives his life out for him. 
He's going to be growing the church. He's going to be shaping others, and he's going to end up being crucified. And just so you know, ultimately, Peter would give his life, and most have recorded. They believe that he did get crucified. And in fact, at the moment he was being crucified, he said, I won't be crucified like Jesus. Turn me upside down. I do not deserve to be crucified like him. Like This is a massive love and an honor for Jesus Christ. He is all in and growing the church. He is huge in making much of Christ. This is a moment in Peter's life, a moment where he has gone from three denials to three, I am in with you. He's being told what it's going to cost, and he's like, yes, even that, I'm in. This is ministry on fire. This is a huge calling, and uh, what a sweet privilege for us to be shared just a little bit of what was going on in Peter's life. Peter, in the midst of Jesus saying these things and calling through these things, him being told that he was going to be crucified is really him being told by Jesus, you're right, you're with me. He's being told, I I respect you and your ministry is gonna be a big deal. He was probably even relieved, quite frankly, like, I'm saying I'm in, and actually Christ is now telling me what he knows. I am in, and there's going to be a massive restoration of my ministry going forward. This is a huge deal. This is a heavy calling, but a sweet privilege. May Christ get all the glory. And may we understand this. When we are called to follow Jesus Christ, it is a heavy calling and a sweet privilege. May Christ get all the glory. And all of God's people said, you know, we uh, traveled to Israel a number of years back, um, my wife and I back in 2018, and and, uh, just some sweet opportunities along the way at different spots. But one of the spots we stopped at was the location within a couple hundred yards, one way or another, of where they believe this took place. And uh, being along the Sea of Galilee, Uh, where Peter was challenged, where they ended up having the breakfast together with Jesus, the disciples did. And it was just a really powerful time to take a little bit of time and consider. Um, Yeah, I had no idea that that Steve was going to stand up here and share this today. Steve's not allowed to do announcements anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, man. but the timing and the alignment with this passage. Did you know this was the passage and you were aligning it? No? Great. Nice job. <laughs> this worked out perfectly. And uh, I mean, honestly, man, the call to ministry is massive. And there was a moment as we were standing along the shore. And um, I still had a radiation treatment to come in about three weeks from some brain tumor stuff that we were dealing with, multiple surgeries already and the radiation was coming and I didn't know what was next. But I knew that I had had a privilege to that date to be there, whatever God so saw. And to be able to take a moment to just reflect on all that Peter had as privilege. He knows the God who forgives. He is called to ministry. He is called to share and grow the church the privilege of being able to be a part of seeing God do amazing things both here and now and forever. And man, it just was 
so palpable, so powerful in my life. We took a moment. I just stepped up next to the shore. I could just hear the shore washing up, just the And we're standing at the Sea of Galilee. And for some of you, you're picturing like Lake Michigan. Don't picture that. It's like really small. You could see all the way across. And just took a moment with the sun coming out of the clouds to thank my God that He is a forgiving God. And to be humbled to have a chance to be a part of a little bit of ministry with Him, whatever He so sees fit. My God can. My God will. And even if my God doesn't, I will worship Him. And all of God's people said, my wife was behind me and she ended up snapping a photo and this was the pic we uh, got from it. This is right at the spot where they were doing this breakfast where Jesus was talking to Peter. That's the, sea, that's the other side of the Sea of Galilee, by the way, right there. So picture small, right? And uh, just taking a moment with the sun just pouring through the clouds and this power moment that my God saves My God calls. My God gives us privilege to follow him. Do you know this king? This is our God. May we follow him with all we've got. May we be humbled by the privilege of being saved and trusting in him. And have you simply said to your God, Lord, I am in. I'm ready to follow you. May you get all the glory. May we admit, may we believe, may we confess him as our king. I will follow you, Lord, you're in charge. And all of God's people said, man, man, sweet privilege to be able to lead this church for 15 years and As long as God so sees fit, we are here. This is home and we are fired up. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Love you guys. Point number two. Don't worry. Don't worry about what others may think or do or even receive. Don't worry about what others may think or do or even receive. The call is to follow no matter what anybody else thinks. In the face of the heavy calling that Peter's just been given, in the face of the statement of, go ahead and lead the church, but know there is going to be an end point of you giving your life. Peter's kind of dealing with some of the heavy of it and some of the honor in it. And he turns to Jesus It says, Peter turned and he saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following him. The one who also had leaned against Jesus during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? Peter is walking along and he sees that this is John behind. Everybody say, this is John. So the author is trying to be humble in what he's saying and he's like, He's trying to use other phrases. But this is John, the one who wrote the Gospel of John, the one who wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, the one who wrote the book of Revelation. And he's like, so what's going to happen with John? 
That's kind of a classic moment, isn't it? Jesus is like, are you all in? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, you're going to have to go to the cross on that. Oh, well, what are you going to do to him? <laughs> right? Isn't that kind of a little less than an all-in statement, really, right? It says, when Peter saw him, John, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? He's like, what, what happens with him? And uh, Jesus said to him, if. Everybody say if. if. That's it. Don't forget it. That is a huge word. This is a conditional. If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. He's giving John a hypothetical. He's like, listen, maybe this guy lives all the way until I return. Are you willing to follow me knowing what the cost is? Are you in? This is a huge deal. He's like, look, what if he's going to be alive until I come back? What if that? Are you ready to have a sacrificial love for me? Are you ready to follow me? And John's like, so let me just say this to you guys. So the saying was spread abroad among the brothers that the disciple John was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not going to die, but he said, if. Everybody say if. So you can imagine when 11 of the disciples have been killed, martyred, and John has not yet, and he's been exiled to the island of Patmos, and he is alive, and he is being given the understanding of revelation, and he's sharing it out, how people would begin to say more and more about, I don't know, man, maybe John is going to be alive all the way until Jesus returns and right? You can imagine how along the way in John's life, the fact that he keeps living and living and living seems to keep saying, I think maybe that's what Jesus meant, John. And uh, John did pass away. Just so you know, he's not attending a church nearby you, right? <laughs> John, right? John did pass away. And uh, that wasn't what he was saying. He was just saying, look, be careful. It's not about what happens to anybody else. Don't look and compare to anybody else anywhere. Just be ready to serve your God with all you have no matter what. Are you in? Man, are you in regardless? Don't become an expert of what's going on with the guy next to you. Make sure that you are living for your king and make sure you're recognizing that he is so worth it. And all of God's people said... So um, we have family over to the house um, every so often, right? And uh, it's just a sweet time to celebrate. And as we have family over, they usually bring their dogs with. And uh, all of us have the same kind of dog. It's a little dog, same breed. And uh, so they play together really well. It's awesome to watch these little dogs kind of run around and play. And we got the grandkids running around and playing. And, and it's a blast to watch. The dogs just play kind of all the same. Have you ever noticed that, how a breed plays a certain way and another breed plays a totally different way? Well, these are all the same breeds, so they're all kind of playing the same way. They're going after it together. They're having fun. And then it's time for dinner. And we get our dinner ready, and we set their dinners up. And we set their bowls up. There's three dogs. We put the three bowls out. They start to feed, and what's the first thing they do? Well, my food is terrible. I want his. <laughs> right? 
And so the first thing they do is start swapping with each other, and they're starting to feed out of each other's bowls. When we give them a snack at the end of the night, our dog kind of leads the charge on the selfishness. We hand it to them. They're chewing on it. He drops his like, this is the worst bone I've ever tasted in my life. I want that, guys. And they start swapping with each other for the rest of the night going after it. The reality is the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, even for dogs. And all of God's people said, and we got to be careful with that. We start living our life and we start walking through life where we are saying, how come they? Well, why, why can't I have? Yeah, but why? Sh- I think I should get. But why do they get? And all of a sudden, we become experts of what shouldn't be. And we start to ask God for changes in things. Man, know this. Our God has it in hand. Our God is willing to give us life and life eternal. Our God is bringing us hope and joy and eternity and pain gone and peace forever. May we worship and celebrate that God with all we've got, nothing held back. And God, if you call me through something, then I go through it. And that's the end of it. Whatever you call me to or through, I'm in. Because you get all the glory. You get all the glory. Everybody say, you, God. You, God. Louder and bigger. You, God get all the glory. It isn't about me. It isn't about my comfort. It is about you as king. May you get all the glory. Man, are you suffering from the disease of the grass is always greener? Is it frustrating you to no end in some way in your life? Are you ready to set it down and say, okay, Lord, No matter the cost, I am in. No matter where it takes me and no matter what I have to face, I am ready to worship you and share my hope of you with anybody I can tell. Are you ready to make much of Jesus Christ? Follow, no matter the cost, all in. That's our calling. Maybe even one step further. So what is that grass is always greener moment for you? Where do you need to challenge yourself the most? What part of your daily walk do you wish was different and you're becoming an expert of the other guys and it's time to say, Lord, I set that down. Are you ready to follow Jesus? all in. That's our call. Point number three, abide. Abide in the great Messiah about whom so much could be written. Abide. Spend a deep relational life with. This isn't about a call to just act a certain way. This is about a call to know the God of the universe, a call to relate to the King of all kings, says, this is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things. He's like, I just want to make it clear in case you haven't already figured it out. The guy that Peter was talking about, the guy he was actually kind of complaining about, that's me, the author of this book, John. 
right? John's revealing it out right here. He's like, it's me. It's John that Peter was talking about. He says, and who has written about these things? And we know that his testimony is true. Like if you've read the gospel of John, you have read my testimony and it is true. These are the facts about Jesus Christ. And these are the hopes about Jesus Christ. He says, now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the whole world itself could not contain the books that would be written. I love this statement. As he's like, listen, all that Jesus did, I'm telling you, every day was a moment. Every day was him saying something, him bringing a laughter, him bringing a miracle. This was miracle after miracle after miracle. When John wrote the Gospel of John, he's like, I have no idea how I would capture all of it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use seven of them. And he used seven and seven. And so the seven I am's, the seven follow me's, the seven miracles, he, he captured sevens to say, this is God at work in this world. There is so much more. But John said, these things have I written that you might believe. That you might know who Jesus Christ is. That you might abide with him. Spend time with him. Be blown away by him. That your God might stir you to a worship you maybe never tasted before. This is who your king is. Abide with him. Abide. What a sweet and powerful call for us to spend time with our God daily, regularly. John's like, I'm just telling you, I couldn't even record all of it. There wouldn't be enough books in the world. That could be you talking about your walk with your God. I'm telling you every day with my God blows me away in some new way. I'm telling you some small things that just stun me as I'm doing my work and all of a sudden God makes clear that he's been at work in the last week and, and I see his hand in it and I see what he's doing with my children, with my family, with my work, with, with me and my heart and what's changing and I see you working, God. And I am in. You taking time to say, Lord, blow me away with who you are. I am ready to abide with you. All in. Not looking to somebody else and seeing what they have. All in. Ready to serve. Ready to live for your way and your glory and your honor. Are you in? with Jesus Christ. This is our call. To follow him no matter where the journey takes us. May Christ get all the glory. And all of God's people said, do you admit that you're a sinner in need of a savior? Do you believe that Jesus is risen, he is God Almighty. Are you ready to confess him as Lord and follow him with all you've got? May we follow Jesus Christ.
Let's pray. 